Hey everybody and welcome back to Across the Airways Productions' very own Longbow Hunters, The Arrow Podcast. The podcast dedicated to covering DC Entertainment and the CW's superhero television series, Arrow, and all things Green Arrow. I'm your host, Michael J. Petty, and with me is my good friend and, well, I guess he's not a Russian prisoner this week, but he could have easily been. Woo, ask him, and I've got the goose vodka, so we're all in the, we're all in the correct mood for today for tonight's episode. <laughs> oh, good. That's all we need. Yes, the gooseneck vodka. Woo, woo, this week on Arrow, we had a great episode, uh, Keep Your Enemies Closer, and of course we had the second installment of the Bose CW uh, tie-in miniseries, Blood Rush, which we're going to talk about both of those things, of course. And, and EBR's boss, obviously, in that thing. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. 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 Before we get to that, there was something pretty cool and pretty amazing that sort of ties into Arrow that happened this week. Woo. Uh, do you mind sharing us with us uh, and our audience what that um, is? Could you could you please um, describe to me because I've never read the full article on this particular very special human being called Batkid? Could you give uh, our audience some backstory on that? Because I only know a little bit of it. Can you give us the full backstory? Well, as it turns out, last Friday in San Francisco, California, um, they they transformed the city for a whole day into Gotham City. Uh, and this was thanks to Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, because a five-year-old kid, leukemia patient um, named Miles Scott, had one dream, and that one dream was to become Batman for a day, or Bat-Kid, as the public calls him. So Make-A-Wish made this happen. And the entire day was centered around around Miles being able to save the city, save Gotham uh, from just any anything bad. So he saves this girl from a Riddler during the day. He battles the Penguin and even gets to drive around in the Batmobile. It's very cool. He got the key to the city, everything. And what's really what's really cool about all of this is that Batman actors like Christian Bale, Michael Keaton, Kevin Conroy, Adam West, and Ben Affleck, they all said how much they really appreciated this and how much they thought, how cool they thought it was that this kid for one day would be able to transform into Batman and, and just, and just live his life or this day, I guess, as a superhero. And And what, and what, and what ties into Arrow is the, the core of the Arrow team, Emily Bett Rickards, Stephen Amell, and Mr. and Mr. David Ramsey in character um, d- uh, recorded a video, really, really just a, you know, just really like amateur video on like a DV camera about, and they were all in character. And Oliver goes, "There's no, there's no um, crime in Sterling City. You guys want to go get a bite to eat? I guess that's due to Bad Kid." And they all break the fourth wall and say, "Thanks to Bad Kid." Yeah, which was so cool. Because, again, with all these actors, like Mr. Conroy, Bale, Keaton, Amel, EBR, David Ramsey, they, all these people, they don't have to do any of that stuff. So the fact that they took time really really speaks to the, to me about their character. And we'd like to send a special shout-out to Bad Kid. I, I hope you do. I hope you're doing better. We, you're all in our prayers. I hope you beat this thing. Yeah, so we wanted to start the show off with that. But keep your enemies closer was directed directed by Guy Guy B and written by who sir? I hate you. Uh, Beth Schwartz and Ben uh, 
Sokolowski. Let's let's go with that this week. That's easy. That's easy for you to say, sir. That's easy for you to say. Um, what did you think about this episode overall? Before we get into the meat and bones, keep your enemies closer was a very good episode. I thought because it it kind of it didn't have to. How should I say this? It wasn't based in Oliver's identity as Arrow. It, it had nothing to do with Starling City. It had nothing to do with Oliver's persona as the superhero. All it had to do was with the core characters and with Diggle. Speaking, speaking of, we only see Green Arrow in the opening fight scene, which, which in, in retrospect, seemed really out of place, just because, you know, just because what what went on within it. And, and did you love the whole thing with um, Isabel... Um, I almost said EBR Felicity and um, Oliver in the beginning. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. I you, did like. You need to. You need to work better with your excuses. I do have to say, I one of the coolest parts of this episode I thought was how Diggle was used in Oliver's fight as Green Arrow uh, yeah. in the episode where he was basically just monitoring the whole situation and telling Oliver where all the bad guys were. It's it's, ba- it's basically it's basically like a human skeet. Yeah, and and what I thought was really cool about it is, in Batman comics or Green Arrow comics or just or just co- superhero comics in general, a lot of times the hero knows exactly where his enemies are and wh- exactly where he needs to shoot or. Not where even he needs- Terry McGinnis. Yeah, and this is like one of the first times I think we've ever actually seen an explanation as to why he knows where they are. Yeah. And it's because they're watching his back. And yeah, like you said, Terry McGinnis had Bruce, old Bruce Wayne, so he he knew where everything was. But most heroes don't have that. When Bruce Wayne's been Batman, he doesn't have someone there keeping an eye out for him. And, He's just in there fighting. But I will say this, though. I will say this. The whole re- the only reason to have Diggle there was for him to get ca- to get captured. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but uh, looking back on it, I was like. They're only doing this just so Diggle can get caught by Amanda Waller. But I, I, I really, I really did enjoy the fight scene. I really did like how they looped the bad guys that Oliver was fighting with the, uh, I'll, I'll just say with the, uh, well, can I, can I say, can I say Suicide Squad or is it, is it more accurate for now just to say Argus? Yeah. It's Argus at this point. I okay, think. Argus. The Argus agents. Okay, Amanda Waller. My first impression of this actress was pretty good. Not great. But again, this was only her first appearance. That's why I say that. And judging by the look of this actress, and no, I'm not being pig-headed. I'm just being, like, in my writer sense, in, in my geek sense, this, this could be a woman in 20 or 15 years that would gain some weight. Because she's not, like, particularly skinny, but you can tell she's not particularly... She she could have the potential to gain a lot of weight. She's not Pam Greer. Yeah, but but I could see a, a chubbier, heftier Amanda Waller played by her down the road. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Wu. I, we have to mention this real quick because... Okay. I, I don't think we've ever really touched on this since Darkness on the Edge of Town last season. Um, we don't know anything at this point about Edward Fire's employer on the island, except for the fact that she wore, that it's a woman, and she wore red, 
red high heels. There are only two characters we've seen this season who wore red high heels, one of them being Isabel Rochef and the other being Amanda Waller. I could I could see it being Isabel Rochef, to be honest with you. Because, I could. Because here's, here's the thing with Amanda Waller. She likes to shake things up, but not to that extreme. True. I mean... And one, in my opinion, I would think that Ivo would be an employee of Amanda Waller as opposed to Fires. I I could I could see either fi- either Fires being employed by Ivo because I mean Amanda Wall- and they mentioned this in the great DC villains documentary about about um the, the villains why why was I stumbling over that Amanda Waller is not someone who is like your stereotypical villain that goes Mwah. she's one of those villains that wants to keep social order by any means necessary and in, in in keeping social order and in keeping the order for the everyday person and that's really who she represents is the everyday person in almost every single incarnation that you see her in comics live action animated whatever she likes to keep the social order and by doing something like that that's not keeping the the, the social order she wants everything in check, and that means villains, good guys, heroes, what have you, normal people. Do you get? Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And to that, all I have to say is her her version of order is warped to an extent, and to that extent, I could not see her, or I could see her doing uh, using fires on his men. Yeah. If she. Now I don't I don't think it's her I think I'm with you I think it's Rochef if it's anybody yeah but but I I can also see her going to those extremes I need I need to say this though she does know about Oliver Queen she does know what John Diggle and the, and and Oliver have been doing so how every version of Amanda Waller knows who Oliver Queen is whether it's Smallville or Arrow well Jeez. here's the thing if anybody would know these people there would actually be two people. Three, if you can't tell you, Raza Ghoul and and Amanda Waller. Now, if you want to go to a more planetary thing, I think the Anti Monitor and Anti Monitor Brainiac and Dorkside would know who everybody is. But in terms of humans, I Raza Ghoul and Amanda Waller wouldn't know who everybody is, and Bane to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't roll roll my eyes at that because I was like. Duh, it's Amanda Wallish. Of course she knows who everybody is. Oh, I didn't I didn't roll my eyes either. I just looked at I just looked at uh, my brother who I was watching it with. I'm like, come on, every time. Yeah. Well I but mean was, I mean if, I mean one of the things that I've always respected about Amanda Waller is she is one of the quote unquote normal people within the DC universe that doesn't have any powers, doesn't have any any defined special skills, but she can hold her own against Superman, Green Arrow, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, like they roll their eyes when they see Amanda Waller, but it's like we don't know who she's working for, but we have we have to think that the United Nations is probably afraid of who she's actually working for, so we should pay more attention when she talks. Exactly, exactly, and I and I do like that this actress because she was on the DC uh, DC All Access. Uh, 
episode from this past week. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's basically a YouTube video series that is done every week. Um, With the former two- hosts of Attack of the Show, like Blair, yeah. Blair, Blair Herder and Tiffany, I can't remember what her last name is. They were on Attack of the Show, and now they specifically work for DC, I think. Good show. Yep. Good show. Yeah, and it, it's very cool. They talk about a lot of stuff, but uh, they had her on to talk about Amanda Waller, and she was very excited about the character, which I which I thought was promising, and I'm I'm very excited to see what they have in store for her the rest I of the I have season. to think that Jeff Johns has something to do with the the casting for some of these characters. Not not in choosing them, but he, I think he is a consultant to, like for casting. Well, he is the Jeff Loeb of DC television and film. And I think even more so now that the New 52 is not say come and gone, but since the New 52 happened, he's taken much more of a like a, a like a hands-on role in these live-action shows. Which you know, good for him. Good for him. I think he has which, good, yeah. good eye for these people. Not that Guggenheim and Crispin don't, but like he he really has a really good idea of the makeup for the characters. Execution maybe not, maybe a little bit here or there, but you know, in the makeup of characters, he is the best that DC's got right now that that's not a senior that's not a senior partner like like adams o'neill or miss um mr levitz yeah the only thing i say to that is i really hope that it doesn't take away from his comic books because i know he's off of aquaman and he's off of green lantern and i hope he doesn't start leaving other books as well yeah i agree roy roy harper um, the guy who throws three punches and then get and then gets arrested—that's his thing now on, on the show. Apparently, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, you could essentially just reuse the same shot over and over again because it looks like that's what they're doing when well, he gets it, arrested. It looks like the same position every time he throws him. Exactly, it's like bam, bam, punch, punch. Quentin Lance comes in and arrests him? Okay. He busts him out. Yeah. It really should just start using the same clips. I think that would be hilarious. Man, it looks like a Power Ranger episode. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hopefully not bad. It's funny because it's true. But, um, I'm... I'm, Do you already kind of sense the tension between Green Arrow and Roy? That... Oliver will not let Roy get involved, other than other than to more or less be his errand boy to get coffee. I mean, that's the equivalent of what he's doing. I mean, I don't see. I don't know if I see tension yet. But there's I, seeds of that tension, I think. I think Roy, there, yeah, I think there's seeds of it, but I think it's more on Roy's end than Oliver's. I think Oliver just wants him to be safe and for him not to die. So that's well, the uh, well, exactly. Look who he's dating, Roy. Whereas Roy, I think he just wants to prove himself, and I think the fact that Arrow won't let him prove himself is starting to create those seeds of tension. And the fact that there's that tension, and Roy doesn't know the other half of the story, and even if he did, I don't think he would, I think he would still fight Oliver on that, just because, you know. If not more. There's more that I could, there's more that I could do. Um, I, I, I just love the fact that Roy gets pretty, like, Colton Haynes has gone through this, at least... Five times over the last two seasons? Probably three within the last few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Team Arrow goes to Russia with Arrow with love. With Arrow with love, yes. And that's what I put for the social network pages when I posted the episode. Um, again, 
Unlike, unlike S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow doesn't have the budget to actually go to Russia. I think they dressed Vancouver really well to make it look like Russia. Because a lot of the sets they used really they looked authentic. Do well, you know? I will say it looked more like Russia than when Smallville did it. Yeah. When did Smallville go to Russia? Uh, season 8, Odyssey, the beginning. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll rescue Clark. Yeah, but granted, that was all outside. That's how they could get away with that. True. Yeah. True. But it felt like they were in Russia in this episode. But in the but in this sense, like but in the but in this sense, I like that Oliver insisted on going. I love I love that Oliver insisted, like I'm not letting you go out there all by yourself. Yeah. Well and and I, I still th I think it's very interesting that at this point they decide to just go just based on the fact that it's Diggle who's going. And they still don't know the full story yet, but they don't ask any questions. Well, I mean, after what happened last week with the League of Assassins, like, Sterling City has quieted down for the time being. Right. Like, they're, they're really... It actually like, kind of loops in with the Bad Kid thing, because things have actually kind of died down, and, like, we can't leave for, like, a couple of days. Like, right. they're not leaving for, like, a month. They're only going to leave for a couple of days. And, um... Um... Diggle finds out, uh, we kind of skipped over this, Diggle finds out through Amanda Waller that Lila is in Russia and she was, tr he thinks she was tracking the elite on Deadshot, that's why she got caught. Yes. And that, and that's, and that's why, and that's why, um, Amanda Waller needs Diggle to go to Russia. And this is the other thing that I liked about Amanda Waller, to go back to her for a little bit, she'll never dirty her own, her own hands. No. Like like with the Suicide Squad later, which I love that continuity. Like I'm not I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. You care about her. I know you'll do anything for her. Um, have a have a safe trip. Bring me back some peanuts. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Lila's one of one of Amanda Waller's top agents at this point. I'd assume probably with Steve Trevor and a few others. Is Li is Lila Michaels a character from the comics? Yes. Okay. Just want, just wanted to make, just wanted to get that clear because we haven't really talked about Lila in depth. Well, her Argus code name Harbinger is her hero name in the comics. Okay. She actually. Is, okay. Okay. Uh, good. Um, I, uh, uh, when when they go to the tarmac and everybody goes to the tarmac and the car the car rolls up, I was like. Uh, I was I, I was pretty much like the cast <laughs> I was pretty much the cast at that point I'm like oh crap oh yeah. oh man here's here's River Tam no here's the Terminator here's the boss yeah and yep. I I love how Summer Glow played it like where do you think you're going yeah exactly now this now this episode that Isabel was in I did not think was a waste of Summer Glow no. The last few, I kind of felt it was. Best this... use of Summer Glass thus far. Yeah. Because really, cause really she, she was the equivalent of the superhero next door neighbor. Can I borrow a cup of sugar and install you and that kind of thing? Yeah. And then this, she, she actually had a character. And the reason why Oliver's going to Russia officially is to talk with um, Queen Consolidated's Russian partners. Officially. Correct. Yeah. Offici Unofficially, it's the Russian Bravia. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and speaking of that, now we finally get to meet, I'm not even, I'm just going to call him AK. And that actually fits because it's a Russian gun. John Valjean. 
<gasps> yes. Um, uh, Anatole. Uh, Anatole. I can uh, I can at least pronounce that Anatole because we've heard about him off and on throughout these last two seasons, but this is the first time that we actually get to see him. Well, what's really cool about this character of Anatoly is that in the comic, he's actually a character from the comic books. He's okay, a villain. Good. Good. Books. He's the KGBs. That is an awesome name. It's a very awesome name. And he's actually the fourth uh, Batman villain to appear on the show. Oh, so he is not an ally. He is an actual villain villain. He's an actual villain, but here it looks like they've reworked him a bit, which is cool, I think. Well, I mean, I think that, I think, I mean, you, you, Dan, and I need to do, like, a DC Nation on the difference between heroes and anti-heroes. Or villains and anti-heroes, let's say. Yeah. Because there is there's an argument to be made that Slade is not a villain per se; he's just an anti-hero. Well, when he was originally conceived, well, let's say, he's totally a villain to me. But yeah, but he could have some shades of anti-hero. I like this. I like this character of Anatole. He actually reminds me of kind of like Indy of an Indiana Jones accomplice. Yes. Yes. That's, yes, I like Like, he's a less funnier version of Sala from Indiana Jones. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I loved, like, when they first made him, my first favorite's American. Yes. And then he vouches for Diggle, my second favorite American. And, and just so that we're all clear, that the reason why he's drinking the vodka, that is actually rude if, like, a Russian offers you a drink and you don't drink it. Unless unless you make it very clear that you don't drink. But even still with a meeting like this, when somebody offers you alcohol, you drink the alcohol. Yeah. Because you don't want to insult them. No. Absolutely not. Well, and, especially Russia. And Hello. And, and this, and, and this, and once again with the Indiana Jones thing, but also a very cool DC Comics thing. Very George Lucas in the way that he would write Indiana Jones, an Indiana Jones movie. Let's map out the plan and here's where, what we're going to do when we, within said plan. With yeah. the, the scene with their meeting. And I really like how they tried to make this episode all about Diggle. To the point where he... He himself actually has almost more to do than Oliver ever does the entire episode. Well, here's the thing. We've all complained with the the rise of Paul Blackthorne in story, with Sarah being introduced, with all these new characters being introduced within the story, Roy being more, more of a prominent role in the main story. Like, David Ramsey has not had a lot of screen time this season, where right. he was heavily featured in the first season. Right. Uh, I like I like that I like that um, Guggenheim and Kressberg and their team they're pretty much they pretty much like they, they've co they're cognizant of that and they wanted to do, do something for Diggle because he has a strong fan following not maybe not as strong as say Cass is on Supernatural but he does have a, so a strong fan following. Well, definitely strong enough to get the character introduced into the comics. Yeah. And, and that's pretty strong. Uh, and uh, that's the first thing that I thought of when I watched the episode. I was like, I'm glad that they're actually giving him something to do. Because the last, like, three or four episodes, he really hasn't had much to do other than being, like, Oliver's skeets to his to his booster cold. Exa well, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. And I, and I really like that he gets a lot of action, too. Not yeah. just story and plot, but he actually gets a good amount of fighting in. Yeah, and I I love the I love the whole idea that 
that let me let me try to frame this correctly. If Deagle had just like hit a KGB, not a KGB, but an officer in Russia, he probably would have just been detained at a police station. This is this is why they gave him like a a um Walgreens full of pills so he could get arrested. Yeah. Because again, if he just hit a cop, they would have just taken him to a local pre precinct. This would have given him like a wall, a, a Walgreens full of pills that gave him more a, of a reason to be in a more, more not elite prison. That just sounds really weird to say, but a more, um, a prison for higher offenders. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and luckily it just happens to be the one, the one prison that also has Lila. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we know it. We know at least that was intentional. Hmm. 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 I just love that in fiction. The, the prison that you want to get into is actually the prison you get into. <laughs> not not just in comics, just in any anywhere. It's like, what if they took him to a different prison? I think that would be a great plotline for an episode. I yeah. really do think that would be fantastic. Yeah, but Diggle in prison... Now, I must say, it's not only in the United States, but the, fa the fact of the matter is, there are a lot of countries that are backwards when it comes to race. And, and the fact is, racism still exists. I don't want to make this into like a whole social conscious show, but I did, did like the fact that they mentioned that he was black. In, in some like foreign countries, like do, still look at still look at race as a like determining determining factor of who you are. I just wanted to mention that. Well, it's realistic. Yeah, it, it, I'm glad I'm glad they did, they just didn't they just didn't blow over it. Is my point? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I now to be honest, Lou, when when we heard in the trailer last week. Diggle saying that Lila was Diggle's wife. I honestly thought that was part of a cover, and I didn't think that was actually going to be the case. But we actually learned in this episode that Lila is actually Diggle's ex-wife. And it made sense. It made sense. I liked it a lot. More so than Diggle dating the wife of his dead brother. Well, which is not, <laughs> not just mo totally morbid, but totally wrong. Yeah, it's what... It's much more. I've I've heard about this in a lot of like military units that a lot of the soldiers get married and once they come home they almost auto, almost within the next month or so after they come back home they get divorced because it's different when you're in the trenches with somebody fighting and 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 that's the thing with a lot of work related couples that's why they say don't date within your workspace because what defines what defines you is work. Well, when work is done, where do you go? Right. Which is sad if you really think about it, but un unfortunately, it is true. It's believable, and and I, I love I love that I love that for once Diggle, like you said, Diggle's the main character, and Oliver's actually been moved to like supporting cast for an episode. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think it's neat. I I, I would honestly like to see it again this season if we could. 
Yeah, and and really and truly, this episode really came at like the perfect time to do it because with all of like the heavy storyline stuff we've had in the first couple episodes, it was nice to have a a breather from that and not somebody dress up as a waiter trying to get into a into a highly secured building. Hashtag Smallville reference. Well, and and what's really cool I think about this episode is that even if you don't really care about the Diggle plotline. There's enough action to keep you going with it, and if you you're really invested at, at the in in the, at least you're invested in the story, and and if you really don't like that Oliver's taking a back seat, he's still the main character in the flashbacks. Yeah, that's not gonna change. Like really, either way, if you didn't like the trailer for this week's episode, you still want to come back because there are two big stories going on. It's like two different shows in one, like we've said before. Yeah, and and. Going back to the Les Mis, the Les Mis reference, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking this like, look down, look down, when Diggle was in prison. <laughs> Again. Yes. I think that's just the prison anthem. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see like a YouTube video in a prison with everybody singing that song. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Oh. You could get all the inmates to cooperate to do that video. You would earn my full on respect there. Yeah. Um, I liked how I liked how David Ramsey played being in prison, but the main the main event, of course, is um, a one eye a one eye a one eye guy named Nick Fury. No, no, what? Oh, that's Helicarrier. Oh, um, named Floyd Lawton Deadshot. Yes. My question is, why didn't Diggle recognize him before he st started talking? Because hasn't he studied this guy for a long time? Well, again, he's in prison, sir. Like, a lot of, a lot of things are on his mind at the moment. Well, that's true, but Deadshot's always on his mind. <laughs> that's true, but at the same, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, yeah, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that it was him be only because... You know, yeah. you're in prison, you've probably been treated horribly for a couple of days, and now you're going into a free, a meat freezer, it looks like. And I, th I think he's more focused on getting Lila back. Yeah. Like, I, I love the reveal. I thought that was cool. And this is actually the like one of the few times that we've actually had like long, long dialogue scenes between... Not, not just between him and Deadshot and Diggle, but Deadshot in general. He hasn't spoken that much. He hasn't needed to. I well, mean, he's Boba Fett. Boba Fett didn't need to speak. Like I, really like yeah. I, I've always looked at like like Deadshot as like the Boba Fett of the DC universe. I like that. Like, I like that, especially in context of this show. Or, or if you, or if you want to go with something a little bit more traditional in the sense of film, he is the man with no name from the Sergio Leone westerns. There you go. Yeah. I mean, they're all. I mean, the reason why those characters are popular is it's always it's always fun to have villains that are very charismatic. Also, also very fun to have have villains that are just cold, where they only worry about their objective, like the Terminator, like Deadshot. They're only concerned about getting the job done. Everybody likes silent assassins. Well, and and villains that you can't kill, and that every time you confront them. You find a way around killing them, or they I don't find think it's just the fact that you can't kill them. You can't reason with them, right? And and I I love that Deadshot knows who John is, even though he kind of knew him last season. He knows everything about John. 
Well, I'm sure after he attacked him in the uh, stairwell last season, I'm sure he did all sorts of research on Diggle. Yeah, and again, I don't think Deadshot's the, the kind of person that forgets a target, like, what they no. look like. So you probably, oh, you look like that guy I killed. Well, with assassins, what you really have to do is you really have to study your target before you go and take the shot. You can't just go up to him and shoot him and leave. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and within this scene, we find out that Lila wasn't tracking a lead on Deadshot. She was actually tracking Deadshot. Yeah. Which actually confused me the first time I heard it because I didn't understand what he was saying. And when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, I love David Ramsey's performance when he first sees Deadshot. Like, he literally just wants to lunge at the guy's juggler. That's what he wants to do. Oh, and I love that he screams at him, too. Yeah. That was very good. Well, I mean, he's been he's been waiting almost, like, what, five months if we're going to follow continuity within the show to, to get another crack at Deadshot again? Yeah, at least, I would think. And he's, and they're all alone. And they're all alone. No one's stopping him. Deadshot doesn't have his gun, which is, which is another nice, which is another nice detail. Like, Which is unusual. Yeah, but this was like the one time where John could have gotten him. Dick could have gotten his revenge. Now, this is one of the times I really wish that the Arrow um, digital comic series was still going. Because I think this would have been a great episode to do a backstory on in terms of how Lila was kidnapped and how Deadshot even got there in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, okay. Okay, um, Thoy, Thoy, and, Thea and Roy, Thoy. Ugh. They, 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 they break up. And here's the thing about their relationship. I really thought they were going to do it. I really thought they were going to break them up and open them up for a possibility of a Sin-Roy relationship. Which, you know what, I'm more on board for than Thea and Roy at this point. And it goes back to Roy being arrested, too. It's like, what do they do? Thea always breaks them out. That's all they do. They haven't done really anything couply since. But here's the thing. Thea, um, unlike Sinwood, Thea really keeps Roy grounded and really keeps him on track for the most part. Whereas if you were with Sin, what would she be able to say or do that would stop him from doing whatever he wanted? And really, if they wanted to kill Roy Harper, I think that would make more sense. But I, I, I see what you mean, totally. Because I don't, I don't think Roy has nearly as much affection for Sin as he does for Thea. And, and partially that's because they've known each other longer. I get that. And, and not to make this a relationship show, but I will say this. Thea is the girl that Roy needs in his life, whereas Sin is the, Sin is the kind of girl to show, to show Roy a good time. Yeah. Kind of like Sarah as opposed to Laurel for Oliver. Yeah. But uh, that could be that could be changed too within the next few episodes. Absolutely. So, um but but I hated Jean Jean um Moira's attorney. It's like Jean. Yeah, Ugh. it's like I th I think you need to be focused on getting Moira out of out of prison more more so than more Moira's image because I was thinking while I was watching this on Hulu, I was like, um, I think the fact that she killed like a hundred and five people is much more discourse than who she's actually who her daughter's actually dating. Well, yeah, yeah. and and if 
read any comic with Jean Loring in it, like this just makes you hate her even more because you already do hate her yeah. so much. Go read Identity Crisis, everyone. You'll know exactly what I mean. Okay. Um, I I really I I really thought the the breakup was kind of forced, but it it was all it was all kind of rectified with the end with the end scene between Moira Roy and Thea in prison. Which actually, if we can just go there for a minute, I okay. I really didn't realize that Mora and Roy had never met yet. Yeah, and, and it took and it took me a minute to realize that too. It's like, yeah, they haven't really met, have they? But I liked it. I I, I think I think they could have some good uh, conversation together, actually. I know this sounds horrible, but Susanna Thompson has a, has more meaning behind prison than when she was out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only meaning she had when she was in prison was to keep the company safe and yeah. keep. Felicity and I know, I know, I know that's, uh, the reason I laugh is Maura Queen has had more, more to do with the story being behind bars than she ever was, like, out in the belt last season. <laughs> Which is so sad. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. You, you need, you need a horrible breakup. You need a deformity. You can't just be a normal, happy person in the DC universe. I, I guess I guess prison just made her wiser. Unless you, unless unless you're Jimmy Olsen, then the rule doesn't apply to you. But yeah, I mean, I just thought of that. Like, Moira has had more more to do and more meaning, but behind bars, it's just really really sad. Um, Isabel and Oliver. Uh, 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 what are we gonna call that? Uh, awesome, Isabel. Can we go with that, Isabel? Azabel, that just sounds like a really bad restaurant. And, and probably it was looking at the service they got there. Azabel, yes, we're gonna yeah. go with that. Azabel. I I totally get why Oliver did this, and in terms of story, this made a complete sense. I I wanted, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like gloss right over that, but I did not like Felicity's reaction to it at all. Um, I didn't, I I, did, I, I didn't either, but I'm gonna go back to the, like, um, Isabel and Oliver, like, do, I'm just gonna say, like, you know, they have get, sex, yeah, getting together, um, I'm, I'm assuming that there wasn't a lot of kissing for the, for those two. I, I don't even want to imagine, I really don't, like, I don't even want to know. It's difficult for me not to, just because of who the characters are, and I'm, I'm just thinking, is Oliver having sex with this woman just to get her, get him off her, off his case, or does he really just need some kind of solace after everything that's gone on with Laurel, Tommy, and Sarah within the oh, last I, couple Oh, I think months? that's totally part of it. Yeah. I think that's totally part of it. I think it's both. Yeah, and again, like I mentioned in the pilot, I think Isabel's the kind of woman that likes to take control in every aspect of her life, including this. Yes. And and like I said, probably not a lot of kissing between the two of them. Probably not. And really, and, and really, and really, and truly, I think Oliver needed this just because he needed to be with a woman that he had no, no kind of like emotional connection to and i know that sounds horrible on one on one side but like with everything he's gone through he needs to have something like this just to get his mind off of everything yes 
Because what, everything was happened with Sarah coming back with <gasps> Laurel and her addictions, which, <gasps> by the way, no Laurel at all in this episode. It was weird. It was weird, but I didn't even realize it till the end. Yeah, I watched it, like, while I was watching it, I was like, wow, there was no Laurel. That's weird. Um, with, with everything that's, with what happened with Tommy, he needs to get his mind off of it. And, and obviously, other than drinking, this would be the way he, the way he did it. And I love, and I love how Summer Glow played it in the bedroom. Do I look like the kind of woman that wants to cuddle? <laughs> that needs to cuddle? No. Yes. Um, but going back to Felicity's reaction, I'm, I'm with you, like, yeah, I, I like think, it, I think, that, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead, and I'll, I'll say my thing. I, I was just gonna say, it doesn't, it didn't make sense. Like, uh, yes, Oliver and Felicity aren't friends, and like Oliver says, they are good friends, but she, like, other than basic flirtation and saying, oh, you're hot, she's not really expressed any romantic interest in him, and vice versa. So, but if, but, really if, but if there, but if there was a chance for them, that that's probably why they went there. That's probably why she said the way she said. Because a lot of relationships are unspoken; they're not common. But I, I, I have had relationships where, well, let me take a step back. Not, not relationships between a woman and myself where there was like this unspoken attraction between each other and but but we would never speak of it because we never had the guts to i think that this is what that is and i get that because i've been there too i totally understand it but it it just felt really it felt really forced and unnatural i think it's because uh, and obviously they, they don't they didn't they didn't need a lot of explaining with this like Isabel and Felicity just do not see eye to eye and do not like each other. I think, I think he was, I think it's a situation of Felicity being more mad than it was Isabel. If it was Sarah, if it was Laurel, I don't think she would have felt the way she felt. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And, and Oliver's reaction, I think, is uh, like valid too because look at him. He's not proud of like the fact that he like slept with this woman. No. That's true. And I love, uh, uh, and I love, and I love Summer Glow's, like, response when they, get, when they come back to Starling, like, do we really need to talk about it? <laughs> no. I think from Isabel's point of view, she only did it because, to, to just say she did, no pun intended. Because she can. Yeah. And really, that, that makes the character so likable. Ellipsis after I said that. <laughs> totally. Um. Okay. The prison break. I okay. Uh, when Deadshot just shoved the icicle into that guy's back, like I should have expected it. For that was shocking. Time. That was really shocking to me. I like, I I wasn't surprised that he did it, but the fact the way he did it, that was shocking. Yeah. And my question is, how did he get out of the restraints so fast? Oh my gosh. Well, it's de- it's dead shot. It's dead shot. Just yeah. go with. It. Yeah. And I like and I liked when Oliver was dressed was dressed up as the guard, and they caught dead shot Diggle and Lila, and he just started taking the guards out. I like and he's like, follow me. I like. I loved everybody in the car, just doing a stick out thing. 
Okay, here's the thing about that. How did Deadshot not see Oliver? And if he did, is he putting two and two together yet? Again, I don't think it really matters. Because he's a gun for hire. That's true, but I don't know if I'd feel safe letting that guy know who I am. Well, I'd rather put that hat over my head. Well, again, well, again like, he's going to work with Amanda Waller and they're going to find out anyway, so what difference does it make? Well, Like, yeah. Deadshot's not the kind of guy that has personal vendettas anywhere. Yeah. Like, he only cares about one thing and one thing only. Money. And his guns. Well, yeah. And and I like and I like the continuity with his eyepiece, knowing that he is blind in one eye and he needs that eyepiece to see. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, I love how it glows. That's my favorite. I just like the glow. Um, this actually leads into my uh, the last thing that we get into with Hybe. I didn't I didn't notice this until he mentioned it, but yeah, Deadshot wouldn't miss Woody. No. He's never missed. Everybody no. that he's intended to hit, he's hit. Yeah. Even Malcolm Merlin, although his life was saved, he still hit him. Yeah. Doesn't matter if the job was done. All that matters is that he got shot. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I didn't realize that until he mentioned it. Yeah, he, there is no flubs with Deadshot. No, I mean, and that's part of what he, makes shot. Yeah, he... He has missed one or two, one or two times, but he's always hit his intended target. Correct. Like he may have like flubbed one or two jobs, but sooner or later he will get the job done. It's a sense of pride with him, and who he's paid to hit. If he hasn't been paid to hit you, it doesn't matter if he misses against you or not. Point is, Andy Dickel's like murder was not an accidental bullet getting get, getting. That got him. Sorry. I flubbed over my words. No, it's all right. Yeah, and it was Hive. Okay, is Hive a DC reference? Hive is for sure a DC reference. What is is Hive in DC continuity? Hive in DC continuity... Is Honey. No, I'm just kidding. Is Honey. No, it, it stands for the Hierarchy of International Vengeance and Eliminations... And Man, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams must have had a field day with these acronyms. <laughs> that that was actually Marv Wolfman and George Perez because Hive was originally um, created for a Superman Teen Titans team up. That and they were on both those books at the time. And Hive is basically this cult. It's basically a supervillain cult, is what it is. And they've hired. They were the ones who hired Dead Deathstroke, excuse me, initially to kill the Teen Titans. He first appeared in their book. Because they hired him to. Okay, so um, um, so let me stop you there for just a second. Is this a is this a lower league league of supervillains or a, a lower league le- legion of doom? Hive. Mm, I mean, to an extent, yeah. Because there are a lot of villain teams. There's there's the rogues. There's the league of supervillains. There's the league. There's the league of assassins. There's the. Like the Suicide Squad, the Injustice, the Injustice Gang, like the list goes on and on and on. I would compare it a lot to the League of Assassins, but instead of it being just a bunch of assassins, it's super powered people. Yeah, and they really do not have a code like the League of Assassins do. 
No, they really don't. They just want to do what they want to do and get out. Talia has even been a part of Hive at one point. Okay, do you think this this is going to loop in with the League of Assassins, if that's the case? Or would you want it to be? I'd almost kind of like them to be two separate things, because then we get more story. Do you think this has a connection with Ivo? Yes. Well, well, who's well? Who are some notable members of Hive other than Deadshot? Hi, Deathstroke. Okay, then definitely has something to do with Ivo. Because, I mean, do you want to get into the flashbacks? Because this kind of loops in. Yeah, if we want to, yeah, sure. Um, one thing I will say about this is to close up this part of the episode. I love that Lila and Lila and Dick are like are like a couple now, because this actually furthers the the. Um, Suicide Squad Hive Argus thing between um, Diggle and all not Diggle and Oliver but Diggle Lila and Amanda Wall that could lead Oliver into it yeah because that's what I said early on when like Amanda Wall was cast that this could put some strains on Oliver and Diggs relationships in terms of loyalty yes but I hope we get to see um, AK again and Atoli yeah. Because I really, I, I love it. Well, obviously we're going to see him in the flashbacks, but I I love that, I love that, um, I, I love the, how they establish this, this character because a lot of times on TV shows, like, they'll talk about a character, but the follow-through is kind of meh. This wasn't the case with Anatole. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think us waiting to figure out who he is through the flashbacks really paid off in this week's episode. Rafa Captain. Barafa Captain. Yes. Um, but go going back going back to to um, a Doctor Ivo. What they're developing really does seem more classic DC supervillain, kind of like Venom with Bane, with what they're developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the swerve that we got with Sarah because I did not see it coming, which is, hence why you call it a swerve. Right. I now, quite honestly, I actually did. I, I thought oh, it was be true. Yeah, which was shocking because the de- dead shot stabbing the guy with the icicle kind of, kind of came uh, off of left field to me. Yeah, but... that didn't shock me as much as Sarah. Because I but did. That... I looking back, like why? But looking back, though, I will say this: Well, why wouldn't she have told Ivo who he is? Right. Of course, she would have. But well, I, them a year. But I, di- but I did love the idea that the only reason she lets all they let Oliver call the ship back on the island is to to see how many of them are actually still on there. Yeah. That that really surprised me. Yeah. No, for sure. But we. I, st- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it was a very good use of the flashbacks this week. And definitely a very good use of Sarah, because if we can have her in the present, I was kind of worried we weren't going to have her in the flashbacks, but I'm really glad that she's continuing Agreed. to be on the- Agreed, totally. That, that's what I was wondering, too. Like, are they not, are they not going to have Katie, Katie, what's her, what's her name? Lloyd's. Katie Lloyd on, Lloyd on, like, the show anymore, because they've made a big deal bringing her in. But yeah, it makes sense if you're not going to have her in the present, just have her in the flashbacks. It's probably going to be easier on her schedule just to have her in the flashback scene. Yeah, exactly. 
Because, because here's here's the thing why why it works. We get the, we get the backstory between AK and Oliver. Um, I I I did I did love like you'll come back for me, right? You have my word. Um, I I got two I got I got two things to think about here. One was the Dark Knight Rises. I I really thought Anatole was going going to say this do this doctor was in a pit this one time and he worked on this guy named Bane. But no, <laughs> and then and then just randomly you just saw the blind guy from Dark Knight Rises talking in that language. Zah, zah. Yeah, you wish. Yeah, and the other thing was was I was expecting AK to go, Monsieur Monsieur Le Maire, you'll come back for me, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, that guy is totally John Valjean. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Maybe he was. Maybe he was. But I, I love, I, lo I love the confirmation that Shadow and Slate are still alive. Well, obviously Slate has to be still alive. I, she... I now, and I thought Slade was captured, and I'm glad that we found out he wasn't. A uh, nice continuity thing with his face. Yes. That 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 part of him has been established. Love the the subtlety of now that Oliver's not on the island, that Slade gets to be closer to Shadow. She seemed interested in him too. Yeah. So and I'm wondering where that's going. I I like the triangle because here's the thing with Slade in terms of Shadow. I don't think he's in love with her so much as like in lust with her. I agree. Yes. Whereas, whereas, and it's kind of the same thing, but on Shadow's perspective, I think she's kind of in love with Oliver, but she's more in lust with Slade, which I can't really blame Manu Bennett or him being her being attracted to Manu Bennett or vice versa with Selena Jade. But I, I love that we don't know who Doctor Ivo is, but that guy plays such a great villain. He did on Smallville, and he did here. I agree. Oh yeah, he's very good. But I have to believe he's working with Hive. I do too. Yeah. It makes it makes perfect sense, and I think that's a great way to bring the story full circle. And and really, and do you think that these people were working with fires? These people, as in Ivo and his team. No, I think they're separate because I, they I think that, I think they're separate too, just because of what they're looking for. Well, and they mentioned that the reason they couldn't go there initially was because of Fires and his men, and now that they're gone, they can be there. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it seems like they're different. Okay, um... So, 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 I, I think, I think we covered, I think we covered everything, other than, other than, other than, hold, hold on one sec. I I have this theory about Sarah. I don't okay. think I don't think Sarah is angry that Oliver left her behind now. I think she's actually saddened about what she did to Oliver. Cause the way cause the way Katie Lloyd's played it in the present, she's not really particularly that upset with him. Mm -hmm. More more so that she's upset with herself for leaving him behind or something. Interesting. Because look at the way she plays her performance in the pro go back to like the the scenes with her in the present within the League of Shadows and and the Cru or the League of Assassins in the Crucible episode. 
She's mm-hmm. more angry. The anger that's coming from her more comes from the fact that uh, it looks like sorrow more than actual, like, wrath. Hmm. I think she's disappointed in herself. That she that she let Oliver down, and it just so happened he made it to Starling City again. So you're thinking that she didn't help him escape, that she actually was trying to kill him or something? Or 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 she failed him, no pun intended. Interesting. Because I I think that makes for more more drama and better story. Yeah, because I know I know looking at the character of Oliver, maybe he treated her raw raw too, but I think he was a little bit more justified just because of what she did in this episode. I agree. And I have to believe that she she could have saved Oliver, but didn't. And it just so happened he ended back up on the island again. Hmm. And and this is and this is more spoiler talk, but we'll get to get to that in the spoilers. But the Easter eggs, the Cadbury, no. Well, with the Easter eggs this week, we pretty much covered them overall within uh, the actual discussion. Hive, we talked about briefly. Uh, that's basically a supervillain cult from the comics that they're main adversaries of the Teen Titans. They've been adversaries of Superman. And this just in, and this just in with Hive. The leader of Hive is Castiel because he guards the bees. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my Zod. <laughs> I, uh, I guard the bees. Slade's burnt face is, of course, a reference. Uh, he's most likely, maybe, possibly blind in one eye now, but if not, he will be sooner than later. Yeah, because I, I'm really hoping it's an arrow through the eye. I'm really hoping it's an arrow through the eye. Yeah. Not to repeat the Deadshot incident or anything, but yeah. I but agree. it makes sense for the continuity of the show. Absolutely. What else? Um, um, KG Beast we already mentioned. KG Beast we mentioned, and then of course we get Channel 52 again with... Okay, people. we get it, we get it, Chip Jones. Jeez, with we get it. They're just really excited for The Flash to be on this show, so they're making sure you remember oh, that he's... Oh, speaking of The Flash, this is the first time that we actually see Felicity and Oliver actually watching the news about this new particle accelerator at Swan Technology and Research. <laughs> Swan Technology. That's what stories. That's what, well, not really, but yes. It, it, it's what it is. Shush. According to Smallville. But but he, but you know what I mean? This is the first time they've actually watched the news. Like, they've had it on in the background, but this is the first time the characters have actually watched the news and actually are paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Because it will nope. pay off very soon, actually. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So... So that's all I have for the Easter eggs, at least this week. Let's, let's, uh, well, 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 let's talk about Blood Rush real quick. Okay, okay. No, no, I've seen it, so we don't have to, we don't, we don't have to take a minute. Um, nice continuing with the story. Like, like that Felicity, when she put on the Oliver voice simulator, um, she wasn't joking, wasn't joking around and being all Felicity. Like, she was being very serious. Yeah, she was being Arrow. Yeah. I like I, I really like the continuity from last season when they talked about the blood. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, because they did get a sample of Green Arrow's blood. Yeah, because that was when he attacked Mora, and Mora shot him in her office. And Felicity Thanks, Mom. destroyed. So I liked that a lot. That that was in the Odyssey, if 
from last season. That was a very good episode. I, I still expected Oliver, even watching the episode on Blu-ray, to start singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama, just shot me. <laughs> musical arrows. Yeah, musical arrows. Glee arrow. That's something that you'll really like. Glee arrow. Yes, and I, and I like that even if they don't actually show Lance, that they still get Paul Blackthorne's voice. Yeah. I think that's very clever. I just think the whole idea of the short is clever, and I think if they pull it off really well, when it come, all comes together as one whole thing, I think it'll look very good. I've never been a fan of these of the, of the these things, but, you know, if people enjoy them, you know, just go ahead. At least they're not... I, I think it's a great way to enhance the story and bring other characters to a bigger light. I, I've always... I, I guess, I guess, I guess. Because really, it just seems like just a, a thing just to sell a product. That's probably why I don't like it. Oh, this it totally is, because they totally want those Bose headphones sold. But, you know... <laughs> I don't I don't use Bose headphones, but I've heard they're really good, so check them out. It should be for what you're paying for them. They yeah, no... Well, if you're getting... To endorse them. They are not cheap headphones. But I, I, I did. I, this is not an Easter egg, but I did like that Oliver used Tommy's name for his cover. Yes. That was cool. I liked that too. Yeah. That was good. Um. But. But. Let's. I think we're ready to go into um, Mr. Babak and Mr. Schmidt's thoughts. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, Dan. Uh, Andy, take it away with your thoughts on this week's episode of Arrow, and we'll get right back into Twitters. Hi, Michael and Wu. It's Andy and Dan, and here are our thoughts about this week's episode of Arrow. First off, Russia. I loved it. I think it, I don't know if they actually went to Russia or if it's actually if they went to Vancouver and find some really good places to shoot at because that was really good. Um. But and I I like this whole Argus Amanda Waller thing, that um, I wish we had seen more of her, but she it was still entertaining enough. Yeah. Uh, what did you and um, but hopefully we will see her again. And I and I like this Lila character. I hope she will be recurring. And um, no, I think she I think she was great. And I like that you know we, Deadshot is just a wicked villain. He's more of a Diggle yes. villain now, Diggle villain. And yes. And I think I hope he will come back. And I think he's doing a great performance and so on. And um, hopefully, this you know this Amanda Waller Argus Suicide Squad thing will continue throughout the season. What did you did you think, Dan? Cobb liked going to Russia. It was interesting. Cobb kind of liked seeing the guy from the Island flashbacks being brought into this story. Could be an ally that Oliver had in Russia. That was cool. Uh, the whole prison thing with Diggle. A lot of cool, good, cool stuff. Very interesting storyline. Uh, probably one of the better prison storylines I've seen on television. Especially with the twist with Deadshot. Um, and the Hive business, that was pretty wild. Um, Hive is actually, in the comic books, run by Brother Blood for a period of time. Ooh. So I'm wondering if Blood... It's going to be Diggle's key to tracking down the people who killed his brother or wanted his brother killed. So that ties Oliver's storyline with saving the city together with what's going on with Diggle. So that's a good twist. So I'm interested to see where that plays out. And then, uh, Andy, I had a kind of a question for you. 
Michael, well, I want to see what you guys think of this. Because, well, um, what's going on with Oliver's love interest right now? We had him sleep with uh, Isabel, I think, just to get her off his back. But then we had a really upset and annoyed Felicity about the whole thing. Okay, are they going to make her the love interest for Oliver with kind of Laurel being annoying and off the rails right now? God, it's really interesting, and I'm wondering... Are they setting it up for maybe Laurel to be the character who exits the show and Sarah to be the Black Canary? I don't know what's going on here. It's really weird. Yeah, I think you just went on a really far-fetched tan- tangent here. I I know, but what's going on? This was weird. I didn't she was she wasn't in, she wasn't in this way. episode. What like there was no place for her because they were in Russia. Like what's right. like there's and, no point. And I thought that was fine. And that was good to get a break from her because I think everyone's been a little frustrated with her right now. So that was good to calm us down. But like Felicity is a love interest. Like, where are they going here? Where is this coming from? Well, they're going with Elicity. And um, are they really, though? I don't like they're trying to they're teasing it. That's what they're doing. OK, but that's that's about it. I don't think they're doing much other with, with you know, other than that. Thank you, Moira. For saving uh, Roy and Thea's relationship, that was big ba. That was that was painful to see Gene Laurie come in to do that, especially when I hate the character anyway. So uh, thank you, Moira, for saving that relationship because I would have been depressed if that didn't work out, especially after how depressing but good this week's Tomorrow People was. So with that. I think we're done uh, giving our thoughts this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, see you next week. All right, thanks, guys, for your thoughts on this week's episode. I I definitely liked it a lot, and I'm glad you guys really enjoyed it. Um, Let's start with uh, Nick G this week, where he says, not a minute, that Smoke and Oliver conversation, not even a minute in, and that conversation between Oliver and Felicity got me laughing. And seeing Summer Piss was priceless. (laughs) Uh, Lauren from TV Ever After uh, said that three things surprised me in this episode. Diggle and Lila used to be married, Ollie and Isabel hooked up, and Sarah selling Ollie out on the end. I was also surprised by Slade and Shadow being alive. I thought they'd be on the Amazo. Slade wasn't far enough from Ollie when the bombs went off. Did you guys realize there was no Laurel in this episode? That we actually... Yes, that we actually... Yeah, and that, that we actually covered... Um... Again, well, again, where 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 would she be other than popping pills? Well, nowhere. That's where. That's exactly where she'd be. And pretty much that's what she was doing in off-screen, though. Yes, Darren Bo said, "I I think there could be, or there could have been more tension between Dig and Deadshot. Other than that, I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Excuse me for swearing. His words, not mine." Uh, Kim said, apart from Felicity and I getting our hearts broken, I thought it was one of the best so far. Verdant Arrow said, betrayals. Oliver admits his feelings for Felicity, Diggle, and Deadshot in Russia. I disagree. I don't think they've, they've actually admitted anything to those two. That's just my opinion. Well, I, I agree. I agree, but, you know. I, 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 don't, I don't see... I, I don't understand these fandoms wanting two people that barely have any, like... You know, cordial, cordial, like, scenes together, wanting them together. I agree. I don't understand it. And I don't even like the idea of them being together at all anyway, so. 
I don't, I don't think, I don't think Oliver Queen being with anybody anywhere in live action really works. No, generally it really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go to the last few and we'll move on. Jules said, great casting, awkward moments, storyline development. You can definitely see the groundwork for the rest of the season. Josh Horton said, a nice break in the usual style, great character building, and Absolutely. added headshot. Kind of like him. And Ezra Jones said, of the characters we're seeing, who could the shadowed legs on the other end of fires call be? It's me. It's it's Woo Kim. Yes. Woo Fires Employer. Yes. Yes. I I, I I use the I use the opposite of Oliver's thing in the or Felicity's thing in the pose to make me sound like a woman. <laughs> I love that. I love um, That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, so we have some people to thank. Thank you, Christopher Wytrek, for designing our logo. And by the way, if you watch this week's episode of The Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, Sheldon um, had another awesome shirt with the origin of the Green of the Green Lantern. Have you seen this shirt, sir? Which one is that? It, it, start, it starts out with a picture of an alien plus a ring plus the Green Lantern ring equals how, Jordan? Oh, I love that. It's in the same style of his fla the origin of the Flash t-shirt. Or the origin of the Flash. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah. Just Google it. The reason why we bring up um, Sheldon Cooper on the show, our logo is based off of the Green Arrow shirt that Sheldon Cooper wears, which Christopher Weitrick adapted for us. Thank you, sir. You can contact us via the old school email across the airwaves. I'm sorry, across the airwaves at gmail.com. Across the airwaves at gmail.com. You can look for us on our website, across the airwaves.com. Please click on the Apple link for the iTunes. If you buy anything off of iTunes, iBooks, music, movies, TV shows, apps, a, po a portion of it. A portion of it gets donated to us, so please, please do that. Our Twitter is across the at across airwaves. That is at across airwaves. My personal Twitter is at wsk nine zero zero two at wsk nine zero zero two. Michael's is at mjpetty seven. That is at mjpetty seven. Our our Twitter for this podcast is at arrow podcast. That is at arrow podcast. Um, if you want. If you want to give us a voicemail to contact us through there, that is 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. And please specify in your email or in your voicemail that it is for Longbow Hunters. We have a Facebook page where I post a lot of news about what's going on in the ATA universe and in pop culture in general. Do the exact same thing on the Google Plus page. Um, Again, if you want, please, please, please contact us. If you want to be on the show, we will read it or we will air it on the show. Uh, Michael, is there anything else? Uh, not that I can think of. It seems like you, uh, as usual, pretty much covered everything. I, I just want to say I really like this episode of Arrow. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the characters were really well done. I thought the writing was really well done. And I think the actors are amazing every week. And I definitely want to personally thank Stephen Amell, David Ramsey, and Emily Bett Ricards for their wonderful video to Miles Scott, that kid. I thought that was fan phenomenal. I think that's a great thing for them to do. They don't have to do it. And I I'm just glad that they did. And I'm glad that they, they showed their support for a, for a kid like that. I think that's very awesome. You can definitely check that video out if you go to our website, 
which is acrossareas.com, which would be forward slash era podcast forward slash keep your enemies closer, which is the link to this episode. Uh, the link to that video is there. So go check that out because it's a very cool video and a very cool thing for them to do. So I want to personally thank them again for doing that because that's awesome. But um, on that note, guys, I guess for Dan Schmidt, Nico Reister, Andy Babacht, and all of you, I'm Michael J. Petty. And I'm a guy named Wu S. Kim. And until the next episode of Arrow, the next episode of Longbow Hunters, we will, or if we don't see in the spoilers after this music, we will catch you on the airwaves and see you next week, guys. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. And remember, whatever happens in Russia, stays in Russia. Bye-bye. Wednesday, when a familiar foe escapes from prison. Hello, Starling City. Old habits die hard. You want the pain to end? And I can do that with Vertigo. You've been poisoned. Take the pill. I'm Count Vertigo, and I approve this high. What do we do now? We shut him down. Arrow, all new. This Wednesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. The CW official description for State vs. Queen reads, Mora fights for her life, and the Count returns. Oliver is concerned when a mysterious illness sweeps the city, infecting hundreds of people, including Diggle. Oliver discovers vertigo in Diggle's blood and realizes the Count guest star Seth Gable has broken out of prison and is once again distributing his drug. Meanwhile, Mora goes on trial for her participation in The Undertaking. ADA Adam Donner collapses in court with vertigo symptoms, so Laurel must step in and try the case against Samora. Oliver is torn between standing by his family during the trial and catching the count. However, things change when Felicity follows a lead and walks straight into a trap set by the count. Bethany Rooney directed this episode written by Mark Guggenheim and Drew Z. Greenberg. Okay, first of all, um, do you think Adam, Adam Donner will die? I wish Adam Donner would die, but I have a feeling probably not. Um, okay, so, okay, secondly, um, do you think that the, this will be the end of the whole Moira on, on, in prison storyline? Do you think they're gonna wrap that up? Quite frankly, I think they might sentence her to death in this episode, so possibly. Yes, um, do you wanna, do you wanna just get your... I want to get your initial reactions to this because you not that I hate the count, but you like him more than you like him more than I do. Oh, I love the count. I think he's an amazing villain, and I think he's he's definitely Green Arrow's answer to the Joker. Yeah, I love the whole Dark Knight esque thing with this trailer with him like with the DV camera. Yeah, and I re- and I really like how Arrow has really, I don't want to say revived, but revamped Count Vertigo. And made him something a lot more relevant than what he was before. And kind of what they're doing in the New 52 comics with him now, 
they based it a lot of what they on what they did w- with him in Arrow, but they also based it on some of his original concepts. And I and I like that they combined both in the comic, but I like that he's more relevant to Starling City here on the show. I like the, that we're going to see the flashback of what happened after the earthquake with everybody getting out. And I'm wondering if the earthquake is what triggered him to get out of that comatose state he was in. Yeah, I, 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 I have, I have to, I have to wonder, I have to wonder like how, how he like kicked out of that comatose state. How do you think? How do you think Diggle got nailed by Vertigo? It could easily, it could be in something as easy as the water. Yeah. Could have put it anywhere. He could have. Pop, he probably put it in the water, kind of like scared spear gas. If if this thing hits the, if this thing hits the, the main pipes, the main pipes are gonna blow. <laughs> as long as we don't have a train set it set right into Queen Consolidated, we're good. Yeah. Um. This is gonna be really interesting. Just on the just on the standpoint of Laurel being high in this episode, possibly. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and I really liked how, uh, not to harp on the count too much, but I really liked his his part in the video where he goes, uh, this high has been approved by me, or whatever he said. Yeah. Or I'm going to go and I approve this high. That's and, what he and, said. And I love, and I love the continuity, and I love the continuity of, of Oliver, of Oliver's face when the, when he confronts the count, just because there, there have been so many times where he could have taken the count out, but it's the it's the sins of him really like like reneging on reneging on what he he needed to do and now that he's got this new code it's gonna even make it more difficult to take him out oh absolutely absolutely um, and um, I just love Seth Gable I think he's a great actor did so. we see did we see the brother blood mask in a drawer sir we did is that what I saw we did okay good I was I was never seeing that. Where do you think he could play in this episode? I'm wondering if he'll go after the Count himself. Yeah, because he believes in order, kind of like I, the mayor. I think like we've what we've talked about before, I think he and Donner have a connection. I think they could be brothers or something like that. They sure look alike they could be brothers. Right. So I'm wondering if because they are brothers and Donner gets poisoned, that Blood decides to go after the Count himself. Do you think that this could be the final appearance of the Count, if that's the case? I really hope not, because I have a feeling, because of Oliver's new code, that he'll have to save the Count, or he will save the Count. Well, I, I really hope not. But, but I, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, if, 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 Count, if, the, if Brother Blood does go after the Count, it could be in all, in all possibility that the Count, or... The Brother Blood kills the Count. Oh, it's totally possible. But what I would almost think would happen rather than that is Brother Blood, seeing as how we know he experiments on people, he could easily experiment on Vertigo, on the Count, and through that maybe that's how he gets his powers. I, I really, I really don't want, I really don't want that to be the case. I really just want the Count to just be the Count because I do, I, I may not like the Count as much as you do, but I do love Seth Gable's performance. I do love him as a character, and I, I, I mean, I, even more so than the episode Vertigo, we're actually going to see the character of Count fully realized. Yeah, and um, I like calling himself Count Vertigo now, yeah. not just. Um, what, what else, what else? Oh, by the way, check your Google Plus. Um, um, 
do, do you think Laurel could experiment with Vertigo? I think it's possible, yeah. Here's here's another thing that I'm really wondering too is this could could it be the episode in front of everybody that that Laurel could possibly lose her license? I and see I want that to happen because I'd rather her own that floral shop like she does in the comics than be an attorney because I don't think she's the best. Because because this would make that would make the most sense if Laurel was going to lose her job doing anything. It would be the most high profile case of the year. Yeah, exactly. And to find out that she's doing she's pill popping during the case. I mean, yeah, I agree. I and like that. Do you do you do you think that? That Brother Blood and Vertigo could be working together? I think they could be. Because maybe... I mean, even even if your theory is true about... About, um... Blood and Donner being brothers... What if this was just a setup to make... To make sure that... That Moira goes down? Yeah. And it could easily be Blood... Who's the one supplying the Vertigo to the Count. Yeah. And distributing it because the bottom line that everybody wants, except for maybe, for maybe, well, of course not Thea and Oliver, but when I said maybe, I was thinking of well, every everybody, like every every one of our main characters, other than the queens, wants to see more of a queen either go to prison or die. Well, I don't know about Diggle and Felicity. Well, I'm talking about the main characters. Of course not Diggle and Felicity, but everybody that's not like the main, on, on the side of the angels, let's say, wants to see Moira die. Well, and that's most of Starling City, too. Yeah. So I, 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 I could see the Count, Brother Blood, and Donner all working together to make sure the Mora Queen dies because uh, let's go back to the uh, like to the previous episodes for just a second. Like Donner has tried everything in his power and blood to make sure that Mora Queen does go to prison, but she's always fought back and she's always overcome that through through any kind of miracle or whatever. Do, doing it this way, no, no. I would I would have to say Donner knows. The Laurel is under the influence. Or he's at least suspecting. And this is and this is why he put Laurel on this case. So she would mess up. So that so that that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it's not gonna t and like I've said in previous episodes, it's not gonna take very much for for Moira to go to prison or to die. No. Not so, so, um, by the way, what did you think of the Green Air, Green Lantern t-shirt? That's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's a lot the, uh, flash, the flash icon you have right now. Yeah. Well, I love those shirts. And what, what, it, what is Superman's going to be? Planet blows up, farm, and then Superman? I would think so. Yeah. Make it happen, Warner Brothers. Make it happen. Well, anyway, Just... guys, I think that's pretty much it for the sport, for the spoilers Big episode next week. Huge episode. And do we have an episode after this? Or is this our winter finale? Our mid-season finale? 
I know it's not the mid-season finale because we have the two Barry Allen episodes. And then, and then it's going to be the mid-season finale. Correct, but I, I believe, and actually, no, I know for sure that there is a one, one week break in between this next episode, State vs. Queen, and Barry Allen's appearance, The Scientist, which was written by uh, Jeff Johns. I know there's a one week break in between, so we will have a week off. Okay, maybe maybe we'll do maybe we'll do like a a tangent time or something because there's been a lot of news and a lot of discussion yeah. through through like everything that's everything that's gone on in Marvel and in DC. So with that, um, we'll see you for State First Queen next week. Bye, guys. See you guys.